Hey, so fun story. I'm not, I wasn't supposed to, <laughs> I was supposed to be up here tonight. Um, that guy decided about 10 a.m. this morning because Phil is sick. So, and Ben's out of town. He's been out of town since Tuesday. We'll be out of town till Saturday. And if you've forgotten, we have a lot of children <laughs> with a lot of schedules and a lot of stuff going on. And so, but everything's good because God knew tonight was going to look like this. God knew that all these things were going to happen and that I would be standing up here. But the real MVP goes to Levi because he let me leave the house and got everybody in bed and everybody settled so I could come and be here. So, <laughs> Levi Miller. Yes. Okay. So, I, we're going to talk about the vine tonight. And tonight's going to look a little bit different because we wanted to set um, set up an experience for you tonight. So I'm going to, my teaching is planned to be very short, so I need to, <laughs> that's kind of a joke because I'm always, I always run long, and so it's supposed to be short. So when it starts getting long, David, you're in charge of saying, okay, put you in charge. <laughs> I know you're good with that. Um, so have you ever used the phrase or heard the phrase, feels like home? Right? You know, when you're in a, it, usually you're saying it in a positive way. When you're in a place, you're like, man, this feels good. It feels like home. feels like home to me. Um, sometimes, sometimes we might say it in a negative way. I'm like, this feels like home. I need to get out of here. Um, but for the most part, it comes with warm feelings. It comes with rest. It comes with peace. It comes with, I can breathe a little bit. This feels like home. Um, we are entering into a season for most of us that we would view as warmth, um, as feels like home. The holidays are coming, the Christmas lights are out, all of those things that make most of us, I know that's not all of us in the room, make most of us feel good inside. The warm drinks are out, the warm fires are out, and, and everything feels warm and good. The smell of good cookies is coming, and pies, and all those yummy things. But feels like home, feels good. Um, but just like there's a big difference between a house and a home, right? Because we can live in a house and it may, it may or may not feel like home. So those of you who are in a dorm or an apartment, that is your current home, but it probably doesn't feel like home. That's just your place of dwelling right now. Um, with that, like I compare that to there's a difference between us knowing about God and knowing God. Uh, those of you who have grown up in the church or maybe um, went to a Christian school or just were in places where you were, a lot of things about God were given to you. Uh, but there's a big difference between knowing God and knowing about God because uh, Satan, Satan knows about God. He knows about him, but he doesn't have the relationship with him that we get to have with him. Um, our home, though, as followers of Jesus is is Jesus. <laughs> Jesus should feel like home to us. When we're spending time with him, we're in the word, when we're with him, we should get those same, same feelings that we get when we say, ah, this feels like home. This feels like a place where I can breathe. This feels like a place that I can rest, that I can be myself, that I don't have to, I don't have to put on a show. I don't have to act a certain way. I get to be me. I get to be who I was created to be. Jesus should feel like home to us. Okay, we're going to go into our scripture for the evening. We're in John 15, verses 1 through 11. 
And I'm going to attempt to read off the screen because I forgot to put it in my notes, but that's okay. It says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do, do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Or some translations will say, abide in me. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings me great, brings great glory to my Father. <laughs> I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So we get this picture that God, God is always at work, and he is our gardener. Um, because we live in central Illinois, we have, most of us are familiar with what gardening looks like, that you have to pull the weeds, you have to get the, the things out that aren't growing, that aren't producing, so that the things that are have more room to grow and have, have more life to be given to them. So God is our gardener, okay? He's always, <laughs> always pruning, and sometimes it really hurts, right? When God, when God wants to say, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to take that off of you. I'm going to prick that out of you. I'm going to, I'm going to get that branch off of you. Um, this may look like him needing to interrupt your day. Um, what you had planned for your day, God likes to interrupt us. He likes for us to have space for him to interrupt us. Um, he may need to prune, completely prune things out of your life in order for you to produce fruit. Guys, there are times that we may think we're right in the step Right in step with the Spirit. I am walking along. I am doing exactly what God wants me to do. And God may need to say, stop, because I know that this is a good thing and I know you like it, but I'm going to go ahead and take that from you because I have better things to produce. And that hurts. Have you guys seen that picture? Um, I know a lot of you have, but there's that picture of the little girl holding the teeny tiny teddy bear. And Jesus is in front of her with a great big teddy bear behind his back. And she's holding on to that little thing and saying, but God, I, I love it. And he's, he's, he's got that big bear <laughs> behind him saying, put that little guy down because I, I have something better for you. And that's what I picture when I picture God pruning us and taking things away from us because he has better. He wants to grow better fruit. And sometimes that means he's got to remove things from our lives. Um, and you guys, even when God seems far away, because he does, and when God seems unfair, because he does, he seems unfair sometimes, he's still working, he's still pruning, he's still doing the work that needs to be done in your life in order for you to produce the kind of fruit that he wants you to produce. Okay, the second thing I want you to get from the scripture tonight is that good and bad fruit are super easy to spot. Okay, if you understand what fruit is, you can tell it in the life of a human being 
really quickly when you get to know them or even when you hear about them. A lot of times we hear about the fruit in their lives, right? We hear good things and we hear bad things. Our fruit follows us and we can't hide from it and we can't fake it. Can't fake the good fruit and you can't hide the bad fruit. It stands out. So we've got those two types of branches. We've got the ones that, that do bear fruit, right? Um, let's actually, let's talk about the ones that don't bear fruit first because that's what's in my notes next. Um, they, they don't produce good fruit because those kinds of things, if we are in a place where we are not producing good fruit, we're probably abiding in ourselves. We're probably remaining in ourselves. We're probably very focused on ourselves and the things in our life. We might have unhealthy attachments, some of, the, some of you, it's just an unhealthy attachment to yourself. For others of you, it might be a relationship that you have an attachment to. And you guys, I'm, I, what's hard about that is, is sometimes, sometimes it's even a good relationship, one that you really like, one that you really love and you want to hold on to, that God says, I'm sorry, I know that you love that, but I'm going to take that from you because I have something better. I have something better coming from you, and you are going to produce better fruit for me if I remove that thing from you. And that hurts. Hurts, hurts. But that's why we talk about all the time living life with hands wide open. If we live life like this, saying, man, God, you can, you can have the things in this hand, but you can't have the things in this hand because I have a death grip on that. I promise God's stronger. I promise he can pry that hand open. Um, if, you are, if you are a person that's prone to broken relationships, um, if you're somebody that struggles with friendships, struggles holding on to friends, struggles holding on to a dating relationship or every dating relationship you've ever had ends in a train wreck, that's probably a good sign that your life is not producing very good fruit. There are other signs, of course, but I, our relationships are... That is how God shines through us, is, is the way we treat other people and how other people feel about us. God shines through that. And so if you have left a wake of destruction behind you and you keep going, going, man, not my problem, they're crazy. <laughs> you might need to look at who the common denominator is in that and realize, okay, I, I actually might be the problem. I might be the one that's producing bad fruit and I'm leaving this bad fruit in my wake. And you guys, everyone can see it. Everyone knows they know what kind of fruit you're leaving behind you. You can't hide from that. So it's a, if that's you and you know that you're leaving crap behind you that you haven't resolved, that you haven't taken care of, man, you got to take care of that. And sometimes it's as quick as an apology. Man, I, I treated you poorly and I'm sorry. And sometimes that's not even to their face. Okay? In fact, most times, if you've left a destructive relationship, probably having a conversation face-to-face -face is going to cause more destruction. Maybe it's a message. Maybe it's not somebody you even ever talk to anymore, but you need to be sorry, or you may need to extend forgiveness to someone else. There are other examples of bad fruit, um, but we're going to move on. We're going to move on to good fruit, because I'd rather talk about that. I'm sure you'd rather hear about that. So producing good fruit, um, we can't do that without remaining attached to the vine. Um, we have to abide. We have to remain in him. If we don't remain in him, that our fruit is not good, our fruit turns rotten and turns bad. 
what does abide mean? Does anyone know what abide means? I feel like that's a word, that's one of those Christian words that we use. We're like, oh, abide in him, but I don't know how much of us really actually know what it means. So it means to live, it means to continue, it means to remain. So abiding in Christ means to remain in him, and I'm gonna go back to it again. Remaining in Christ should feel like home to you. It should feel like a, a deep breath, right? A deep breath feels good. It feels like you can rest. It feels like you're in a place of protection, in a place where, where people love you. And, and abiding in Jesus, remaining in Jesus, should feel like home to us as followers of him. Good fruit in our lives look like Jesus. It looks like the character of Jesus, which what we know the most of is the fruit of the Spirit. So if we have love, joy, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control in our lives, then that's good fruit we're producing. And the only way we can produce that is to remain attached to that vine, to let our branch hold on tight to that vine, and let God take off the dead things, take off the things that don't belong, um, and, and just be, be in surrender to that, be in constant surrender to that, be in constant prayer in that. The end of Psalm 139, which is one of my favorite chapters of the Bible, it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That should be our daily prayer. God, what wicked things are in me? What branches are dead on me? What things on me need to go so that I can abide with you, that I can, I can remain in you, that I can hold on to your vine tighter than I'm able to right now because your vine is really distant to me through all this junk that I've allowed in. So the third thing from Scripture is that we have the choice to abide. We get to choose that. Um, but we, have to, we, also, we get to choose it, but we also have to choose it. It doesn't just automatically happen when you become a follower of Jesus. You don't just stay in him. That's something we have to work at. That's something that we have to, uh, there are things in our lives we have to do to stay attached to him, to remain in his, in his presence. Um, so I'm going to go through some things that we can do, Okay. Most of these are spiritual disciplines, and you're going to go, yeah, yeah, Joe, we know, pray and read your Bible, blah, blah, that's what Christians do. But I want you to, I want, I want you to listen better this time, okay? Because I have more than just pray and read your Bible. But also, praying and reading your Bible is really important. <laughs> it's really important. That's how we communicate with God. So our first one is plant yourselves in, in his word. I like the word plant, plant yourself. That means get those roots down, get them going, let that plant produce, be in his word, know his word. And you guys, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. I think that sometimes we get the Bible out and we're like, I, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to read. This is hard. This is scary. I don't understand it. I have no idea. So my suggestion would be start in a gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Start there. Start reading about Jesus. Or Go to the Psalms in the Old Testament if you're in a hard spot especially. The Psalms are full of emotion, which I love. When I'm going through something hard in my life, that's where I turn to because I know that David sometimes felt like God was far away, and sometimes I need to read what David had to say about that. So what I will do, and I've gone through many seasons of this, is I will get a little pocket version of the Psalms because you can carry it around with you, and you can find the pocket version in any version you want to. There are times, in those times, I like to have the message version 
That's not my way of studying the Bible. That's my way of relating to the Bible, so I use that. I carry it with me, and I open up to today is what, the 15th? Okay, so I open to Psalm 15, and I can read that. And if, and if that hits me right where I'm at that day, then that's where I'm going to stay all day long. I'm going to stay in Psalm 15. If that isn't it, I'm going to go up 30 verses to Psalm 45, Psalm 75, Psalm 105, I don't know, whatever, whatever, 105, 105, right, 75, okay. Um, (laughs) But one of those is bound to hit you right where you're at and can be a place of meditation that day. And what's really cool then, by the end of the month, you've read through the entire book of Psalms, okay? And Psalms are not hard to understand, you guys. If you are not in the Word, start there. That's not hard, not hard. And tell somebody what God is teaching you through, through his word. Second thing is pray. Be connected. That's how we have a relationship with him, is by talking to him and praying to him, also listening to him. Third thing is worship him. We worship him in music, like we just did, but we also, also, also worship him daily by the way we live, by the way we recognize him, by the way we admire his beauty, whether that's people, whether that's nature. We admire, we admire who he is. That's worship. Living a life of gratitude is worship. Um, The fourth thing, obey him. Because love is more than just an emotion. We show our love, we show our expression of love to God by obeying. Another thing we do is serve him. Our love for him is shown in how we treat each other and how we serve each other and how we care for each other. Another is our constant awareness of him. Just knowing that he's always around and be looking. Don't look down, look up. God, what are we doing today? What are we doing? I know I have to go to class and I know I have work and I know I have this, this, and this, but what are we doing in that? Or is there something else you would have for me today? Is there somebody in my class that needs me? Be in step with him. Be constantly aware of where he is. Last thing, um, which, which we're hoping you will get to do tonight, um, is we get to experience him. Abiding in Jesus is experiencing him. So churches, encounter included, um, sometimes tend to be cautious with the experiential side of Jesus. So we are, we're safe with having a little bit of worship and having a sermon and going home, right? Everybody's used to that. That feels safe. That feels normal. That's not going to make anybody feel too weird, right? (laughs) But there's so much more to experience in Jesus. There's so much more fruit that we can experience. Um, Jesus is not always safe, you guys. Worship and lecture is safe. And I love, that's their phrase in uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, right? When you're talking about Aslan the Lion, he's not safe, but he's good. He's good. Um, I want us to be able to experience his goodness tonight. So the way I would, would compare it to is, okay, I'm married, right? And if, I, if my marriage was all about me listening to lectures about Ben, like somebody had this lecture they wanted to tell me about my husband, I don't know who that would be, but that would be funny. Um, or I read about him, or I had questionnaires for him to fill out. That's weird, right? 
that's not experiencing my marriage. That's me kind of getting to know him, but not. I know about him. I want to experience my marriage. I want to experience time with my husband, just like I want to experience time with Jesus. I want to experience what that's like. I want to know him. I don't want to just know about him. I want to take what I know about him, and I want to apply it to my life, and I want to experience the goodness that he has for me and the life that he has for me. So I, can, I could keep talking. Okay, I could keep talking about God, right? I could say a whole lot of things. <laughs> Thank you, David. Um, I could say a whole lot of things about God, right? But I want you to be able to experience him tonight. And I'm excited for Phil had this set up ahead of time, and I'm going with what Phil had planned. But we have four options tonight for you to experience. We've got several more songs. Um, we get to experience four different stations that I'm going to explain. Then we get to go back to the campus house and experience Jesus through baptism. That's beautiful. That's a big part of how we experience him as a life surrendered to him. If you haven't been baptized, they're going to talk about it there too. You can make that decision in this room and we can go and baptize you in that building. That can happen tonight. Our stations that we have, I'm going to explain those to you. Over here, in the front right, there's a place for you to write things. Um, if, if listening to me talk about pruning, about getting rid of your bad fruit, if that's you and you know there's stuff in my life that I need to get pulled off of me so I can see that vine again, I can't even see it. I don't know how to hold on to it because I can't see it. Then head there. There are baskets for you to leave that. Don't take it with you. The idea is to write that down and leave it. In this corner, we have communion. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are welcome to take. If you are not a follower of Jesus and you don't understand what communion even is, then you need to start in this corner over here because in the back, back corner, there's going to be staff. I'm going to be down there. Um, I'm going to ask Josh and Andrew also to join me in that back corner. If you need prayer, if you need to talk, if you have questions, if you just need just a hug, we're back there, okay? And then this corner up here, there's just some bookmarks with scripture on them. If you need some scripture, if you are somebody who has a hard time being in the Word and you don't know where to start, walk over to that table and grab a few and let that be where you focus today and for the rest of this week. Because what we're hoping to do is to send you into a season of abiding in Jesus. We're entering into Thanksgiving, we're entering into Christmas, and I know for some of you going home, makes you tired to think about that. It's not a place of rest. It's not a place that feels like home. But you know what? Jesus is going with you. He's going with you, and he feels like home, and he is rest, and he is peace. And so let's enter into this season abiding in him and finding that rest, that deep breath in him and not in our circumstances, not in the people around us, but in Jesus alone. I'm going to pray us into that time. Jesus, Thank you um, that you want us to know you, that you don't just want us to know about you. You want us to know who you are, and you want to be in relationship with us. God, help us to break down the barriers that we tend to put in the way. God, help us to destroy what's there so we can see you. We can see the vine. We can hold on. We can produce good fruit. People can see you and come to know you through us. God, help that to be true for us tonight. Um, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we just invite you into this space, that this would be a space that we would experience your presence 
and that you would have, have words to say to us. God, thank you for the way that you love us and the way that you care for us so deeply and so intimately. And it's in your son's name I pray. Amen.